Oh, come on now. You know you deserve it. A steak patty on any McDonald's breakfast sandwich. I mean any breakfast sandwich. Biscuit, McMuffin, bagel, McGriddles, a juicy steak patty on any breakfast sandwich. And when you order through the app, buy one and get one free. Now go get them. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Hey, it's time for some real talk. The Amber Bada Ono Conversation Real. Let's get into this. Let's talk about this. Hey, this is Joseph Brownlee of Body of Christ Real Talk. This is Joseph Brownlee, your host of Body of Christ Real Talk. Hi, everyone. Hello. Adios. Amores. Senor, senoritas, adios, welcome, 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 welcome to this podcast. I have uh, some real talk to talk about, not so much of a special announcement. If you are the ones that uh, tuned in to my last show and, uh, you know, you listened to my breakdown, you know, that I feel that I was uh, led by the Holy Spirit within my spirit, not an audible voice. I like putting emphasis on that. And uh, that... You know, the, the, the spirit of God is moving me in a, uh, in a direction to really try to explain salvation to the saved and to the unsaved. And, you know, because this is the transitional platform, the body of Christ real talk. And I know I have the unsaved and the saved on here. I don't know who's more than what, but I know I'm just going to put it in that way. Whatever listener, whether you're saved or unsaved, please listen to my last segments. You know, not the special announcement, but my last segment that I had done some teaching on, you know, you know, are you saved? How do you know you're saved? And uh, what do, what a person must do to be saved? And I'm putting, I'm getting into my other hot topic. I'm going to start uh, finish out my other hot topic about uh, marijuana smoking, you know, cigarettes and uh, drinking and different things like that. You know, I'm going to get back into that hot topic because it's very important too. But I just felt led by the Holy Spirit, you know, you know, to, uh, to try to put more emphasis and teaching on how to be saved. As generic that sound, that is very important on how to be saved. So for the ones that have not listened to my podcast uh, uh, for one reason or the other, you know, please listen to those two uh, segments that's uh, before the announcement that's going to break down, you know, scriptural-wise, you know, about reading God's word rightly divided, understanding God's word, reading God's word literally when it's really meant to be read literally. Now, the Bible can get symbolic sometimes, you know, but reading God's word literally. Now, who am I talking to? I'm talking to the saved and the unsaved. What I want to talk about now, I finished off and I noticed I did not get into what the gospel was. You know, I broke down different segments and I gave you some things to look at. I talked, I, I read out Ephesians 1, 12 to 13. If you remember that, Ephesians 1 and 12 and 13, and I explained to you about not only believing, but you must receive. If the ones that listen to that, if you haven't heard that, please go back and listen to those uh, tapes because I'm not, uh, or audios tapes, and it's not tapes anymore, <laughs> but audios. And then you will understand, you have an idea what I'm talking about. For, but for the ones that has been following me, 
I was trying to give an explanation, and this is some revelation, you know, not only to me, but I hope to you guys and young ladies too, about not only believing the gospel according to 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 4, understanding your sin nature that you are a sinner, you know, and believe in the gospel, but only not believing, you have to receive it. Believing and receive it comes all together. And then I, you know, I broke down five little segments about uh, you must trust, trust what you must trust the word of truth. And what is the word of truth? The word of truth is your gospel of health. The gospel is your salvation, which you can find in First Corinthians fifteen one and four. So after you believe all that, then you will you believe all that you will be saved. And then what comes after that, you will be sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. That's sealing like a signet. Back in the Roman days and a lot of other countries, I believe they use rings and different things that they're, they're sticking or they'll use a handprint or a signet of a ring to seal an approval to seal that let you know just sealed. So that's what that's 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 a concept I believe the Apostle Paul was using because he's seen a lot of that probably in Rome signets and different seals and signets and different kind of things like that. Maybe in Rome, I'm just you know this is my opinion, but I believe he had to see things like that. You know, knowing how. To, uh, to break down and explain the sealing of the Holy Spirit that's in every believer that believe in those first three things that I talked about. You know, I, I started off when you believed in Christ. When you start trusting who Christ was, okay, I trust who Christ was. You had to believe that. You had to believe the word of truth. Christ is part of the word of truth. And then after that, the gospel of salvation had to be explained to you according to 1 Corinthians 1 and 4. We must not tell it, but it must be explained. And after they were explained, the ones that believe, then you, after you believed, then you must receive it. Remember, I was saying that you must receive it. Okay. Now the Bible doesn't talk about that, Joe. Yes, the Bible does talk about receiving. Yes, it does. And I'm going to hit a few scriptures of that. You just cannot believe loosely. Because it's just like saying, I believe in this. I believe this happened in the history. I believe this happened in the slavery. I believe this happened in war, you know, and all that and everything. You you believe it happened, but you still haven't received it so far as being true. But this is what makes this so different. When you believe the gospel, Receiving comes with it. You don't just believe it just on the sake of believing. You believe because you wanted to receive in your life. You believe he done that for you. You take it as a personal thing. That's what I mean. You take it as a personal acceptance. Not only believing it, but you say, I want this in my By believing this, that means I'm receiving for a change in my life. And I also put emphasis on no one today that truly is saved never came to Jesus to save them without wanted a change something in their life a true contrite repentant of heart which means change your mind is the only ones that will really be saved today not just believe you must receive it in your life that's what i was trying to explain i hope you got that through okay now what i want to do now i want to read to you the gospel okay I want to read to you the gospel. I'm not going to read out the living Bible because it, uh, it, it waters it down too much. I don't like it. Like I said, I like the living Bible to an extent. But the King James Bible really breaks it down. You know, the living Bible, you know, the, some of the translations, it's, it's better than it's, I'd rather read it over the NIV. But I read it um, maybe for a, a more a, a parable 
paraphrase that if it's the same as the King James files certain verses, yes, I'm going to do that. But when it comes to certain things that water down the deity or leaves out certain things like Jesus or Christ, no, I, I take that off. I'm throwing that to the side, you know. So my Bible is the King James. I want you to understand, number one, living Bible, I go in and out of us for paraphrasing some verses. But when it comes and when it contradicts the King James, then no. No, I don't put not, uh, no other translation over the King James. Even if I don't understand the King James all the way, I never put another translation over the King James, and I don't think a real true believer should do that as well. Now, if you don't want to read another translation, that's up to you. That is your call. You know, I'm not here to argue and debate about that. This is just me. You know, this is just me, you know, and I'm going to go with that, okay? You go with you, and I go with me, you know. But anyway, let's, what is the gospel? Now, the gospel is this. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 4. You probably say, Joe, you always say go to 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 4. But a lot of you, either you went to it, you still don't understand it, even though it's plainly. Okay. And before I get started, I'm in a room that you're going to hear a lot of noise because the room is not soundproof. I'm in the library room using one of their rooms. Thank God for that. But they're not really soundproof. So you're going to hear trucks and cars on the outside and everything. Just always remember, like I always reiterate, it's not the audio. It's not the podcast. It's not the podcast. It's not the audio. But it's the noise on the outside so you know you might hear cars going by i don't know if you hear it or not but just in case you do you say man you have some bad some rough podcasts i'm sorry about that but i keep my podcast more like it is and in the future i will have more soundproof and everything like that you know so uh i'm sorry about that you know so this is what i do when i get the word out it's not going to never stop me from getting god's word out or trying to get some teaching out you might hear a little sound or something like that i'm not a professional editor and I know I can get that done. I know I can get into other people and do. I spend a lot of time on editing, but I don't like anything that's going to take me time and uh, to get God's word out. Yes, I think that's important, but it's not important at this time for me to just make a perfect podcast. I just want to make it doable, and I just want to make it more audible and more hearable for my listeners for the time being. But but I'm not neglecting that. You know, I will get into that and later on down the line. But I just want to explain that because I know you hear you hear better podcasts, you hear better you bet you hear better. Sound. Proof uh, people in studios at the time. At this time, I do the majority, most of my podcasts off my phone and stuff like this. A lot of freestyling and a lot of things that the Holy Spirit bring to my spirit. And some of the things are just me, just breaking up myself. And I'm not saying God tells me everything, but it's just some things that I think is okay with him. And it might be my opinion that I talk about, okay? So I don't have the most perfect podcast, but it's it's, it's uh, hopefully it's very clear that you can understand it because some things I just leave on there, you know. So let's go with that. The gospel. The gospel. I never got into what the gospel was. You know, I noticed when I looked, I listened to my own, you know, my own segments and my last shows, and I do that to look for errors and different things or something I can do better in or better on or say things more clearly. Because that's important when you do a podcast. You need to be more clear when you talk about certain things. You're going to make errors, and I know I make errors on my show. I'm not too much into the errors because I, like I like it to be more real, just like we just live or something like that. So I don't try to get bogged down or correcting a lot of things unless it's just real bad. I just take the whole show and just erase the whole show. But usually time, I, you know me, I'm freestyling. I'm going with it. And I hope you guys are okay with that. And I, I will work on other things later on down the line, okay, when I get more full-time during this ministry. <laughs> the gospel. Now, if you listen to my last 
shows, like and I was explaining earlier, and, uh, you know, <clears throat> I was explaining about believing and receiving, which is very important. I'm going to put some more teaching on believing and receiving because this has to be taught in our witnesses as believers and for the listeners that wants to be saved that's listening to me today, what you must do and what it's going to take for you to be saved. You know, you hear the term easy believism. Easy believism, I take it as, you know, you could just say that you believe that Jesus died for your sins and rose again and you'll be saved. No, I don't. I, it's, it just don't stop right there. There's no way. God is not just going to let you in just by believing that. He's going to let you in by believing that. Trust in Christ, understanding who Christ was, trusting it, believing it, and your believing is proved by your receiving it. Your, your believing is proved by your receiving it. Like I say, you go hear a lot of noise out there, you know, you know, because it's not a soundproof, um, um, you know, studio that I'm in right now. And therefore, uh, people don't know how to put things and keep things low. Now they got to blast everything like everybody in the world want to hear, but I know about that. I used to do that too. <laughs> so let me just be quiet. Let me be quiet. Let me get back to where I'm going. I'm getting distracted. Don't let the enemy distract me. You know, because I do get distracted fast when I'm trying to read the word. I hate I hate distractions, but it's going to happen. I have to learn how to go through it. Well, anyway, I didn't really explain what the gospel was, okay? What the gospel is and what the gospel is. Let me put it that way. And I really, and I'm sorry if I really never read the scriptures to the ones that read it, but they needed explained to them more. It's kind of self-explanatory, but not to everyone. I understand it. I get that. It's not, it's not self-explanatory to everybody. So let me just read the gospel. And what this say, this is about understanding the gospel. This is still, uh, you know, salvation is the only way to be saved, but you need to understand what the salvation message is, you know. You need to understand who Jesus was. Not You don't need to know everything, but you need to know who Jesus I think it's important to know who Jesus was. And many people know Jesus by the four Gospels. The majority of the people know Jesus, saved and unsaved, know Jesus by the four Gospels. That's what the, they limited, because they limit Jesus by the four Gospels only. And this is just true. Many unsaved and saved, or believers and unbelievers, believe, only know about Jesus' earthly ministry. Even the ones that saved today, that got saved by believing in his death, burial, resurrection, not knowing it by scripture, but they just believe it in their heart. They are saved. They are saved. They don't know much about Jesus. They just know Jesus, the Jesus' earthly ministry from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Most believers in church mostly know Jesus. About, they, they, they limit Jesus to only his four Gospels and the red letters in the Bible. The red letters in the Bible. Okay. Let's talk about those red letters. Now, the red letters is not ordained by God. The red letters is not the Bible, the way God made the Bible. The Bible did not have no red letters. The transcripts in different texts and stuff like that, or, the, you know, what it was wrote on. You know, it wasn't no red letters. There was, um, uh, there was, there was, the red letters was put in by, I forgot the young man's name. Let me, let me try to see here so I can give you a little. If I can't find it, I'm going to find it, but I think I have it in my Bible somewhere. I, if not, but I thought I broke down this man's name that uh, that invented the red letters in the Bible. 
All right. Well, no, it's just not not now, so I don't really have it now. But it's in my Bible somewhere. I kept it, and I'm not good at remembering names. But it's a I forgot the guy's name. You can look up that yourself. Just Google it, duck, duck, go it, and search for the uh, the the person that put the red letters in the Bible and split it. The uh, Bible that made the Bible the New Testament, the Old Testament, which is the wrong way. The Bible doesn't go in that format anyway. They're doing the Old Testament because that's also a confusion in itself. I'm not going to do no Bible study. That's a, that's a teaching on connecting the dots, but I'm just trying to give you a basic layman format before I get into the scriptures. Most people only know Jesus by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which is good. No, no, don't get me wrong, which is good, his urgent ministry. But at the same time, you eliminate Christ. Christ is mentioned all in the time past. He's mentioned all through the Bible. Many people don't know that when it comes to the symbols and the prophesying and different things from the prophets. Christ is mentioned all through the Bible. Many and Christ is mentioned mostly in the future. His millennium reign and different things like that. You have a lot of people know about that. They don't understand it, but they have some type of idea, you know, about Jesus when he comes back. But many people don't know too much about the Jesus when it comes to the letters of Paul. Many believers and unbelievers both does not know that Jesus is teaching all through the letters of Paul. Is Jesus teaching through Paul. Paul gives some examples here to let you know when his is his opinion and the Lord is okay with that. But the majority of the teaching, he said, this is a commandment from the Lord. This is a commandment for the Lord. Blase, skizzy, etc. Woo, woo, woo. He let you know that it's from the Lord in his times. He let you know this is, this is coming from me. So that means the Lord does give us freedom to use our own somewhat judgments and everything if it's coinciding with the Bible. But some things, it's a commandment of God. And that's what, you know, the dispensation body of Christ commandment, not the law commandment, the dispensational body of Christ commandment. Let's, let's get that correct now. You know, God does have commandments for the body of Christ, but it's not a rule that if you don't do it, you're going to be cursed. No, it's just your lifestyle that he wants you to do while you're in the body of Christ. Certain commandments that body of Christ must for, must do for fruits, not for salvation, and for not for keeping our salvation. It's just fruits to help us grow and help others to grow in the things of Christ and everything. We must do those things to grow in Christ, those commandments, you know. Okay. What's that saying? Just remember, the Bible, the red letters that was put in the Bible, that most G people just believe that's the only time Jesus is speaking is because of his red letters in the Bible, man, in the King James Bible. You might have other translations. I'm not going to get into other translations now. You know, I'm not lifting them up, and I'm not going to put them down now, but I'm not going to get into that now. That's another, you know, teaching. But the King James Bible was, yes, it was rewritten and translated, the, the original, you know, the text is in the, uh, what they call that, the original text is in the Bible that comes from the Antioch teaching of the Bible. I have some notes wrote down here because I'm, before I get into the gospel, I just want people to understand, you know, that it's okay to do a little Bible up enlightening on body crush real talk you know i know i do most of my deep teaching on connecting the dots but you know there's two different type of thoughts when it comes to the word of god 
This is for the believer and the unbeliever. So you don't have to worry about you have to be saved to understand this. Both unbelievers and um, and believers need to understand that the unbeliever can understand this without being saved. My goal is for you to be saved, but this will open up here. There's always been two thoughts when it came to interpreting the Bible. There's always been two thoughts when it came to interpreting the Bible. And this, this is not the whole teaching. You get into another teaching later on the connecting dots, you know, for the saved and the unsaved when you get saved, you know, or when, whenever, you know, just understand the two thoughts that's got the church confused now because a lot of denominational churches and a lot of, you know, theologians, you know, and even some grace teachers look at the Bible uh, and they, they they learn the Bible and they get the comprehension of the Bible or understanding of the Bible, and I'm including myself too, of their denominational teaching. Their denominational teaching got their teachings from somewhere. They got their, uh, uh, their interpretation, Bible interpretation, let me put it that way, of the Bible from either the, uh, these two thoughts. You have the thought of the Alex Alexandria thought, and you have the thought of the Antioch thought. Okay, two different type of thoughts. And let me read these two thoughts before I get into breaking down uh, about believing and receiving the gospel. What one has to do with the other? Uh, not really much, but to get an understanding of the King James, why it's important that the King James should be the Bible that you read. You know, that's just my opinion. You know, you might have another translation, but let your study Bible be the King James because I'm going to tell you why, you know. Let's talk about what most, I believe, most churches, denomination, denominations, including mainly the Catholics and other denominations, even some cults, but I'm just talking about denominations that's well, that's well meant churches, you know, follow this way. And I believe a lot of Calvinist uh, teachers, I'm doing teaching on Calvinists, what's the difference between a Calvinist, covenant theology, replacing the theology and dispensationalist. There's differences, there's differences, there's a lot of differences, you know. And uh, the Alexandria thought is, it's a school of thought. Alexandria's thought is, is mainly, it's more allegorical reading of the scriptures. Okay, Joe, what do you mean by allegorical you know they use a lot of allegory let me read some notes here that i wrote down by looking into this now what is the school of thought now one of these two thoughts you got alexandria and you got antioch now let me read alexandria thought that i believe most churches go this route mainly especially uh uh, not gonna say especially, but when it comes to your Pentecostal, some charismatic, some fundamental, you know, churches, a lot of Baptist churches, you know, a lot of them go with these type of, uh, a lot of them, I'm not gonna say all, so I don't wanna call nobody out and not be wrong. So a lot of the Alexandria School of Thought, you know, they use a lot of allegory. So let me just put the Pentecost and the charismatic in, in this type of thought when it comes to allegories and spiritualizing. So when you hear a lot of allegory, allegorical interpretation and a lot of scriptural interpretation, you're going to get most of that interpretation. That's mostly because of the thought of the Alexandria type of thought, and they, they use many type of translations. Let me read this. Now, the allegorical type of thought or Alexandria type of thought is they have a tendency to over-spiritualize using a metaphysical approach, fueled by a vain desire to move beyond the physical toward man's ideas of spiritual things or spiritual interpretation. Now, let me read that again. 
in the Alexandria School of Thought, allegorical reading of the scriptures, this is the way they read the scriptures in some denominations. Most denominations read the scriptures, especially in holiness and Pentecostal and charismatic churches. They have a tendency to over-spiritualize using a metaphysical approach fueled by a vain desire to move beyond the physical toward man's ideas of spiritual things. Say, Joe, what you mean by that? Okay, you ever heard of exegesis and exegesis? That's the same thing, whatever, like that. I get them confused sometimes. It's an exegesis and exegesis, the way to read and interpret the Bible. Now, Alexandria way, it's a history of Alexandria way, and I'm getting into the different translations shortly. Alexandria's way is have a tendency to spiritualize when a person spiritualizes everything in the Bible, which are meant to be, which is really meant to be read literally. Now, some things in the Bible are symbolic, and the Bible lets you know when it's symbolic. But when it's just literally meaning, a lot of times, what? With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Some exegesis or exegesis does, I forget which one. They read into a certain passage and they spiritualize everything. They use a lot of metaphors. And I use a lot of allegories. In other words, something as simple as God said this, or they always come with a God meant this, or they try to spiritualize it and make it a man-made, make it in a way that is going to, uh, a way that we should follow and make everything that God says spiritualize in a way that make it, woo, you know, something like that. Okay, so they, they use a lot of allegories, they use a lot of metaphors, you know, they're fueled by a desire to move beyond the physical. It's always, everything got to be spiritual, you know, everything got to be demon-possessed, or everything got to be, you know, God, the Holy Spirit is doing this, God, the Holy Spirit is telling you that, the God, the Holy Spirit has told you that, God has told you that, you can, you, you can hear that in a lot of charismatic, and a lot of Pentecostal, and a lot of oneness churches, you can hear this, God told me, God told you, they, they, they dwell more on the spiritual than the physical when it's just literally God is saying something literally. They, they allegorize it or they make a metaphor when it ain't no metaphor need to be there. God meant what he said. Stop trying to explain what God really meant because they're spiritualizing everything. That's, a, that's one of the Alexandria uh, ways of interpreting the Bible in an allegorical way. Okay. Now, what makes the Alexandria era so bad, they worked from 50 manuscripts. They didn't agree with one another. They doubted Jesus' deity. This comes the problem. Now, a lot of the uh, Pentecostals don't, don't doubt Jesus' deity, but you have a lot of churches that do. They water it down. You know, they, well, they got a lot of liberal churches. They got a lot of, uh, you know, I call soft fundamental churches and other churches. They water down that uh, the deity of Jesus. So I'm not saying all Pentecostals and all that water down the deity of Jesus, but they might water down in a way in some 
independent churches or full gospel churches, they might not be doing it purposely, but it depends on the translation of the Bible they have. If they're just reading that translation and not the King James Bible, okay, they're going, a lot of the translations is watered down when it comes to the deity of Christ. And they might not be doing this on purpose. This is the master plan of Satan with different type of corrupt translations, you know. Even the person that's reading the Bible think he's reading God's word because there's some truth. It's a lot of truth, but a lot of errors. And they're focused on the truth more than errors because they can't get the errors. They just feel that this is the word of God. They look at it as it's a better translation of the King James. They don't understand the King James, so they just say these translations, they was taught these translations were better explain what the King James is messing up on and what because the words of the King James ain't for the day. This is what God is really saying. So, you know, they get, you, they get rid of the King James sometimes in a lot of churches. They just got other different translations. But the translations came from two of these people. These are teachings of Philo and Origen. You know, I'm going to do more study on Philo and Origen. These was anti-Christ. These people weren't even saved. And I'm not saying King James was. Just, let me get to that. These are Philo and Origen. It was not inspired by God. A lot of their translations, a lot of their thought patterns was entered into these different type of translations and they purposely or they just did not believe the deity of Christ. So they softens up. A lot of translations kind of softens up when it comes to God or the Son of God or Jesus being God or different things like that, the deity of Christ. A lot of most translations, even the Living Bible, you know, that I read sometimes, you know, just for a little paraphrasing, not for the study, because I know better than that, softens up the deity of Christ. And that started with the teachers of Philo and origin, who's mostly responsible, not all, and went further than that, who's mostly responsible. Okay, so their origin is systematic theology. Systematic theology. It's called the Codex Sanitius. They're the one with, that inspired the NIV, the New Living Translation, the GNB, and a lot of other correct, uh, a lot of mostly corrupt translations. Some was okay, but most of them is corrupt purposely, you know, and they use a lot of the corrupt Greek English text. Now, the Greek changes so many times, but you got to know what Greek to use when you're trying to break down the Bible. Do not didn't God just set up there and just say you need to learn the Greek and Hebrew? No, God knew what he was doing. It's okay to learn that, but you will get confused and the enemy will have you get confused when you're too much caught up in Greek and Hebrew because you got to know the difference, which one is corrupt and which one is not corrupt. Corrupt meaning they use it for your own good. It becomes corrupt, that type of Greek. It's mostly used in a lot of translations. Okay. Okay, I hope you got a little plain view of the Alexandria. That's called the Alexandria School of Thought, allegorical reading of the scriptures. Then you got the Antioch School of Thought. Now, what's the Antioch School of Thought? The Antioch School of Thought is the literal reading of the scriptures, which was uh, transpired by the King James Version. The Antioch School of Thought was a literal reading of scripture. What do they fall on? Antioch fall on historical and factual. Let me read the breakdown of the Antioch School of Thought. They stress the Antioch school of, school of Thought is stressed on the grammatical, grammatical, and historical and literal approach faithful to concrete realities were agreement. In other words, they believe on the historical facts, the factual facts, 
the grammatical, the grammar of, the historical sentence, and the literal approach of who, what, when, or where you was talking to. Different from the Alexandria, they, they, they use allegories and they speculate and they use spiritualize everything. And this one usually, you know, they, they, be, they agree on those things. They believe wholeheartedly on the deity of Jesus. They believe on the miracles of Jesus. Alexandria don't put too much emphasis on the miracles and stuff like that. Some Pentecostals put a lot too much on miracles and everything, so that's also the trick of Alexandria. They believe the Antioch believes in factual, historically grounded in God's view as it is written. The Alexandria worked from 5,000 received texts before they came up with the Geneva Bible and they came up with the King James Version. Look, the difference between 50 manuscripts, and they didn't even agree when it comes to Alexandria. They did not agree. They, they, they disagree, just like a lot of churches and denominations today, they disagree with, of so many things. That's a saying, that type of thought comes from, I'm not saying all, comes from that type of philo and origin type of thinking when it comes to the Alexandria. But look and, listen to this, I actually work for 5,000 different text manuscripts, and they were in agreement with all of them. Or mostly all of them. They would agree with the 5,000. Most of the words fulfilled by the Apostle Paul. And their origin of dispensationalism, which is the te- called the Texas Receptus. The King James Bible, the, the New Geneva, the Geneva Bible, and all that, correct me. Yes, it was Geneva, it was before the King James Bible, I believe. But, you know, that's another teacher. I'm not, I don't I didn't, I didn't want to talk about that, but I just want to give you two different thoughts when it comes to the Bible, why I talk about the King James and the reason I'm, I, I went there. Okay. Now, let me get back to what I was talking about, the gospel. Why did I go there? I thought it was important, and I thought it was something you need to understand when, you, when you're reading the Bible, why the King James is so important. I think it's one of the, I think it's the best translation. You might disagree, but I think it's the best translation. I'm not saying all of them is bad, but just remember that thought. There's always two thought patterns when it comes to Alexandria and Antioch. The King James was inspired because of more proof over 5,000 compared to 50 that didn't disagree. You have 5,000 that disagree that came up with the King James and the, and the Bible was inspired by God. The King James was inspired through the Holy Spirit thousands of years ago through man to write the Bible. Now, if it's an error in the King James, it's because of man. The old transcripts of the King James writing does not have an error. Now, if you find error in the Bibles today, it's because it was purposely like the new King James, you know, was not the word of God, you know, not the full King James Bible or whatever, or even in the King James Bible depends on the version from the 1600, the 1611, uh, and then you have the 1700 King James. That If you find some error in the Bible, which you may, it's because of man's error in writing or their interpretation, but you go to the old manuscripts of the King James Bible, there's no error at all. There's just a problem with dispensation and interpreting what rightly dividing God's word. Let me put that that way. Okay. The best interpreted in, uh, Bible today, to me, is the King James Bible. Okay. Now, what is the gospel? This is the gospel. This is the way to be saved. I'm going to read it slowly. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. In other words, I'm finna tell you what the gospel is. This is what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1 and 4. I'm breaking down the King James Bible. I know English literature for a lot of people, including myself, used to be a whole lot still sometimes will make you tongue tied. It's all about the wording. But you know, you know, just just listen and I'm gonna try to break down the best way I can. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. I'm finna tell you what the gospel is, which I preach to you. This is the gospel which I've been preaching to you. Let me read it. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach it to you, 
which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand. Okay, let's stop right there. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received. If you got a Bible, especially the King James Bible, um, look at that word received. Remember, I was talking about you must receive the Bible. It didn't say what you believed. <laughs> Remember, did it say believe? It said, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. Goes to 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 4, King James Bible. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. What's the gospel? The good news, which I preached unto you, which I preached to you, which also you have believed. Did it say believe? No, it says received. And wherein you stand. See, they received it. Did they believe it? Of course they had to believe it. Their belief is proved by their receiving it. They can't receive it if they ain't believe it. You have to believe it first, and then you receive it for you, for your for your life. Not just believing it. You have to receive it for a change in your life. You know, it ain't nothing you just have to only believe. You have to believe it and receive it for yourself, for salvation. Not just knowing about it, not just hearing about it. So, I put emphasis on that receive for a reason, which also you have received, and where you stand it, because you stand it because you believed and you received it. By which also you are saved, see? After they received it, what is it? They are saved by what? Receiving it. Receiving and believing. I was believing. Receiving and believing go together. Which also, also you are saved if ye keep in memory. If. If. Another emphasis on if. King James Version. If ye keep in memory what I preached to you, unless ye have believed in vain. Unless you have believed for nothing. See? Unless you have believed for nothing. Okay. Let me, uh, no, I'm, I'm not going to come keep it like that. That vain means for nothing. Unless you just didn't understand it. Unless you just did not accept it. See, for nothing, accept it. See, it all, it's all about your acceptance. Receiving means you receive it. But unless you didn't accept it, unless you just believe for nothing, whatever. Okay, so that vain means for nothing. Vanity means uh, emptiness. So unless you believe it, you just did not accept it. Okay. <clears throat> but which also you are saved if you keep in memory. Remember the things that I told you about the gospel. What is the gospel? What is I preach it to you unless you believed in vain, unless you just believed for nothing or you just didn't accept it. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. See, Paul said, I received. That's received again. You know, let me underline that. That's received again. So I'm just not talking. I'm just not making up stuff. Your believing is your receiving. That's my point. You're believing the gospel according to 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 4, is you believe the gospel by receiving it. See, salvation occurs. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overplayed by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And you're receiving. Salvation occurs when you, you receive with what Jesus done for you on the cross. It's death, burial, or resurrection. You believed it. Your belief is based on your receiving it in your life. Not just believed it happened. You receiving it for your life for a change. Okay. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. What scriptures? When he died on the cross. You go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John teaches about Christ. That's the scriptures he's talking about. That Christ died for our sins according to what happened in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, according to the scriptures. What happened? That he was buried, okay? And that he rose again, okay? And the third day, according to the, he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. Now, what is the gospel? The gospel is that believing in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ according to 1 Corinthians 15 1 and 4. There's many as, as many times in Paul's teaching he talks about the cross. He talks about believing Jesus. And he pre- he said he preaches the resurrection of the dead. The Jews was against that. He preaches Christ coming back. He always preached the cross. He always Not Jesus being on the cross. He preached his resurrection. That was the way to be saved by believing that and receiving. Not just only believing, but you had to receive for a change in your life. The only way to be saved if you truly come with a contrite heart and a repentant change of mind, which repent means a change of mind, a contrite heart. You That's the only way to be openly ready to receive what Christ has done for you for your salvation. Not your sins, your salvation, because your sins have already been done. Okay. All right. That is the gospel, saints. Plain and simple and dry. That is the gospel. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached to preached unto you, which I preached to you, which also you have received, emphasis on received, and wherein you stand, you stand it because you believed it and you received it, by which also ye are saved. See, this is the gospel this is the gospel. In other words, moreover, brethren, I'm preaching you to gospel which you already which you have received. You believed it and you received it, so that's why you saved, because you believed it and you received it. But it just says received right here. Let's keep it in scripture. Let's keep it in context. Which you have received, but which also you are saved. I hope you, I hope the unsaved understand what I mean. To be saved, you must believe it, and to be saved, you must receive it for your life. You just can't just say, I believe it and go to heaven. No, you must receive it. That must be a change. There has to be a change in your heart. There has to be a change. See, you just can't just say, I believe, and just keep living like you're living. You know, and I got some teaching on that, on different questions. That opened up my answers to any question where people say, could this person go to heaven? And this person keep doing this, going to heaven? I got, you should have an answer for that now. It's all about your believing and receiving and your change of heart. You have, you come with a contract, you come with a change of heart to be saved. When you come to repent of heart, a contract heart, you can, you will be saved. You will be saved when you receive that belief for your life. Okay. Not just believe, you must receive it as well. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. You believe that, and that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. He rose again the third day. His resurrection is the power. His resurrection is the key for your salvation. Not your sins, for your salvation, for your reconciliation, for your justification. That's your salvation, okay? Remember that from now on. When you hear the gospel, unbeliever, you can't come wholeheartedly. I always remember, God know when you fake jaded. 
God know what really what's the real reason you're coming to him. Do you think God will just let you in there and you just come and when you want to continue to live like you live, not on your sins, but continue to do what you do and you have that thought of just saying, I just want to be saved. I just want to get away from the wrath and be saved and not willing to when you change nothing in your heart. Now, it has nothing to do with your works. No, I'm not saying it. Let's get this right. It has to do with a change of heart. To be saved. It has to do with you receiving. And the only way you receive, you saying to myself, I want to live for you, Jesus. I want to change what I'm doing. So therefore, I believe what you've done on the cross. And therefore, I receive it. That's what I'm saying. Okay? That's what I'm saying. You could disagree, but I don't see it no other way. I don't see it no other way of being saved by more than just believing. Now, I'm not adding nothing to the word of God. So I don't want nobody to say I'm adding, and I don't want no grace teacher saying, well, Joe, you know, you're, no, no, I'm not, I'm not adding nothing. To believe is also to receive when it comes to the Bible. For your personal salvation, you just can't say, I believe it happened. And by me just believing that it's happened, you know, you're not wholeheartedly really believing. You're still in unbelief because you're not believing what he had done enough to receive it in your heart therefore for a change so god is not just going to just open and just oh you believe it happened no we serve a holy god you're not getting there with your filthy rags you're not getting there with your filthy living no you know nothing like that you know yes he dealt with your sins he opened the door for you god want us to live a holy life god want us to live a changed life you know what i mean holy i don't mean perfect i just mean that just means set apart he want us to live a sanctified life which which means saint set apart he wants us to be within his son he wants to have when we go when we go to the judgment seat of christ the bema seat when we go there we want we want to have less against us because of what we've done in our bodies than possible to for uh, that 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 crown that we're going to receive at the bema seat of christ which is the judgment seat of christ okay therefore when you come to christ you believe in what he done you believe in christ you need to understand who jesus was you believe in christ you believe that you was a sinner because if you don't believe that you was a sinner need to be saved you're going to unbelief still if you don't need to be a sinner. So it's up to the believer, like I always reiterate, we need to explain what he, what we mean by him being a sinner. We need to explain to some people because they just don't get it. We need to explain that, you know, why they're a sinner, why they need to be saved and go to Romans and different things that talks about salvation. We explain to them their sins have already been forgiven, according to uh, 2 Corinthians 5 and 19. I just said, you know, because they're not going to accept explain to them. They're either going to accept it or not. But whether they accept it or not, it's still going to be so. So that that has nothing to do with that, that That's already set, you know, whether they believe it or not. But it does, it's very important. They must believe of what Jesus done on the cross for that. And by believing that, they, they, they take it all in one lump sum by believing that he forgave them for their sins, even though it's, you know, it, it, it was never manifested and Jesus never came down and said he done it. He just told you according to 2 Corinthians 5 and 19 about imputing. Imputing means he's not counting against you, your sins anymore. But that does not mean you're saved. You are not saved because your sins have been forgiven. you just been forgiven. Your door has been open for you to be saved by believing and receiving what Jesus done on the cross for yourself and that becomes what a contrary to repent of heart okay god bless you all and i just want to explain the gospel to you this is the gospel message
believing in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ when you come forth with a contrary heart. God knows. I might not know. You might can fool me. You might can fool me. A lot of times you might can fool me. A lot of people say they saved, and a lot of people say they saved by that way. You know, but you kind of, you can see fruits sometimes in certain people, but that does not mean they're not saved or they're saved, but you can see certain fruits in some people, you know, it's okay to be a fruit inspector because not because we're judging no one, I'm speaking for myself because I really want you to be saved because in any type of salvation, this is me, any type of salvation, there will be some type of change in your life if you really repent it, change your mind, not change your sins, let's, let's get that out of there. It's not repenting of your sins because you can't do that. Repenting means you change your mind. You want to change. You want to make a reverse. You want to make a turnaround of the way you live. And that's repent of heart. You don't just come saying, I just believe what happened. You you come up with a repentant heart that you want to change the way you live. And it ain't going to happen overnight. You still going to have some troubles. But you come in with the right heart towards God before you try to accept what he done on the cross. You know something about Jesus. You believe that he done that for you. Now you're ready to receive it because you come in with a repentant change way that you want to live for Christ. Period. Period. Anything less than that, you're not saved. I'm sorry to tell you, you're not saved, sadly. Come on, saints. You're not saved. Unbeliever, think about that. The gospel is nothing to play with, even though it's simple. The simple part is your sins have been forgiven. The belief part is a challenge because you must receive it in your life, not just believe it happened. Because you can believe it happened and still live like hell and still do your thing and think you're just going to heaven. No, that means everybody can say, oh, I believe it happened. Oh, I'm going to heaven. I believe it happened. I'm going to heaven. No, you must receive it for your life. God is looking for a change in your life, not based on your salvation, but based in proof that you sincerely believe what his son done for you. Look at yourself. It's a personal thing for you, okay? God bless you. This is Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ, Real Talk. Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ, Real Talk. This is good news. Saints, this is good news, unbelievers. Now you know. You have no excuse of not being saved the ones that's not saved. Therefore, I always give you that, that, that chance. Not me, but the Holy Spirit is the one that's compelled you. Because if you wasn't compelled, you wouldn't be listening to my shows. Now, the Holy Spirit is the one that brings you to God for salvation. You know, the ones that's left, that's another story. But if you're still here and you're still listening, you have no more, no other reason to be on the fence because you're not promised the next day, the next week, the next hour, the next second, or nothing like that. So you know the way to be saved. You know you must believe it, really, generally believe it. And believing is receiving it for your life. You believe in that for the world, but what about you? You believe that he could make a difference in your life. What about you? You just can't play with words. Grace teaches. Let's teach each other. Let's not. Let's let's explain the gospel. You can't play with words. The gospel is salvation is eternal. You know, it's eternal. So we must remember that. Okay. God bless you all. Love you all. So it's on you now. It's on you. I love you all. God bless you. Salvation is today. Not tomorrow, not tonight. Salvation is today. God bless you all. Let's leave you with a wonderful baby laugh. God bless you all. Love you all. Bye-bye. Adios. <laughs> let's give a let's give a, a, a shout out and a, a pray for. Let's just 
give a clap and a praise for Jesus right now for his easy way of being saved. We have the best promises. Believing and receiving and a death, burial, resurrection with a contrite and pure changed heart is the way to be saved, period. Thank you, Lord. you with this. It's not in your words. It's not what you say. It's what you believe and how you receive. Let me say that again. It's not in your words. It's not what you say. It's what you believe and by believing is you receiving it for you. Okay. God bless you. Bye bye. Love y'all. Your home is more than the sum of its parts. And creating a truly extraordinary space is about more than picking the perfect products. That's why the experts at Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery are here to help you throughout the entire process to create a home that's as unique as you are. Bring your vision to us. Schedule your showroom consultation and see more from brands like Gen Air at build.com slash Ferguson.